This is your guide to succeeding as an entrepreneurial leader. Whether you're in business, a parent, or part of a community project, we can all be entrepreneurial leaders. With your host, Jeanette Seibley, the Leadership Results Coach, and a variety of experts in leadership, you'll learn how to create extraordinary work and life results, stand up and speak up, make more money and have more fun, and get out of your own way. The biggest challenge is we don't like to ask for help and get stuck as do-it-yourselfers. Well, not anymore. Now here's your host, Jeanette Seibley, ready to help you become a successful entrepreneurial leader. Welcome. This is Jeanette Seibley, the Leadership Results Coach. How many of you believe you must have the answers, the know-how or ideas before you can even get started on a project? Or how about when you get stuck and you're trying to think of different ways to get around being stuck? It could be because you've run out of money. It could be because the team's not doing what they said they would do. Um, or it could be due to a sticky relationship or because the team is in conflict about which way to go or how to go about doing that. And here's an interesting interesting stat for you folks. Only 10% of teams actually achieve intended results. And I'm going to assert part of that is because they're not open to generating new ideas or ideas that work. So that leads to the question is what is the number one reason we're unable to generate new ideas and have breakthroughs? I will assert the answer is we're unwilling or we're fearful of asking for help and being open to others' ideas. My guest today is Denise Roberts, and she's going to give us tips on how to generate ideas or what she calls moments of brilliance. And as you know, if you're a list, someone who's been listening for a while, I provide a quote from each guest. And here's the one this week from Denise. There is a belief or mindset. If it's to be, it's up to me. Denise, welcome. And tell us more about this quote, because that's very intriguing. I, I think many have heard of it, but it's like, well, but it is up to me. Well, I disagree. All right. So that's a mindset. So thank you, by the way, Jeanette, for having me on this. But I want to talk about it's a mindset that we have and it's an environment that we live in, I believe, which is in the American way is if it is to be, it's up to me. And and, <laughs> and I've got to be Superman or Superwoman and I got to figure this all out. And that's a big fallacy. I've, I've run my business for a lot of years and had those same feelings and felt stopped or frustrated, all the things that you just said, and I've got to have it all figured out. Well, the irony is life is fluid. Business is fluid. So if we come in with, it's got to look like this. I often talk about just because it doesn't look like your picture doesn't mean it's not working. <laughs> Right. But it's my picture. It is the right way of doing it. <laughs> well, hang on. I, I, I will give you a personal example of how that is not effective. Um, I am coming up on a monumental wedding anniversary 
And the man I had my eye on was standing next to the man I ended up with. <laughs> so it didn't look like my picture. And yet the irony is I've had a wonderful life because of, of that change. So I have found that I call them moments of brilliance. There are things that come out of conversation. Mm. It, and it comes from being willing to be open to other ideas that, yeah, I, I have this goal. It is this objective. It's to reach this dollar figure or to sell this much or whatever it is. That's fine. But there doesn't have to be one linear path to get there. Okay. And the, the irony for me is that most uh, entrepreneurs who have teams, when you use the quote about only 10% of, of teams are actually effective in reaching their outcome. I have a belief about that. My belief is because someone is trying to micromanage that team. Mm because they have a picture of what it's supposed to look like and how it's supposed to look getting there. And my observation from doing years of working with companies and working with their teams to produce results have come from the answers are often inside the team. Yes, so the, definitely. Yeah, you've seen that too. The answers are yes. in the room is what someone actually, one of my clients actually said that. And I'll go back to, there was a time when we were, I was working with a company that was making outbound calls to people at home at night, interrupting their dinner, right? You know, that slimy telemarketer thing. Yes. But we shifted the way we approached the customer and then we shifted the outcome. Yet one of the questions that I was asked as the leader and the creator of the training was, well, what do I say if they say, how long is this going to take? And I had an answer. Well, just tell them it'll take a few minutes or whatever. Well, someone else in the room said, well, here's what I would say. I would say, Jeanette, you stop me if I go too long. You get to say how long this call will be. Whoa. And immediately, every <laughs> call went better. We all, we went, whoa, that's great. <laughs> I didn't have that answer. That's why the answer is in the room. That is and great. It, it, it. If leaders would learn to facilitate more than dominate oh my or goodness. control. I love that word facilitate. Yeah. So give us an example of more of a community project because there, you know, they're not getting a paycheck. A lot of times they're volunteers. So how is how does that work? That same um, conversation that you were just sharing, how does that work and helping us have those moments of brilliance and be open to them. Because too often, particularly when you're in a community project, you got 10 people and you got 10 different ways to go, as opposed to in a company, there's at least a vision, an overarching context. And a lot of times with these community projects, they don't have that. Or maybe if it's more of a personal team kind of thing, like somebody wants to get a book published or something like that. Well, that's a great question because you can take people who have disparate reasons and disparate things of why they're there, but still have what is the outcome we want. So if they're all working on, um, say, it's a, a, a volunteer group to clean up the neighborhood, right? Okay. So there's an outcome. We agree to the outcome. 
And then we start to identify what does success look like, right? So then once we get that, then we can start to say, okay, here are, let's brainstorm for the next 15 minutes. What are the things, the one thing we want to focus in on? Is it pick up the trash? Is it uh, have greater uh, strength within the group? Is it, what is the outcomes that we want? And now we start to get our arms around that. And now we start to say, okay, let's let's define this. Who's gonna do what by when, right? This is a classic project management, right? <laughs> yes. So we've got a timeline. We want it done by Tuesday. Okay, it's Saturday. Who's gonna be here? What are we gonna do by when? And And not manage it as much as facilitate it again, like I said. So who's who's gonna show up and and how can we how can we support you? Right. Rather than you so that's, do a great you said you that's, do. that's a great distinction I've not heard before though. So can you define the difference between facilitate a group or versus manage a group? So let me ask you, what does that sound to you? If I said you're going to manage this group to get this outcome. What comes to your mind? Well, if I'm going to manage it, basically, you know, traditionally, I'd be checking the boxes. Okay, did you get this done? Is it meet the approval of like that? Facilitate, and I've done a lot of these myself, is that is it getting done? It may not be getting done the way I think it should be getting done. Uh, there, But I can check a box said, was this done? It reminds me of a group I led years ago um, where we created what you had outlined earlier, created what it is we wanted, what it would look like for success. And instead of micromanaging it into little boxes and stuff, I said, just leave it so everyone can see what we've created and then find your way within all of that to make that happen. And it was a huge success. We had like 100% increase in attendance for that particular event. It was really very cool. Yeah. And and there's a couple of nuances I'd add to that. That's great. Okay. And and as you facilitate it, then we engage the group. Yeah. And visuals are important. I too led a a, a team that was uh we weren't meet, meeting our measurements. And I started with what does success look like? And what are we going to sound like when we hit that number? Or when we hit that success <laughs> and we actually practice jumping up and down, you know, high fiving. And then we said, okay, great. So let's break that down. What are the pieces? Who is who wants to take that on, that part? Because now you start to play to their strengths. Ooh, I like that. That's encouraging for me. I like that part versus, ooh, I like this part. Right. So now we start to facilitate that, not manage it, facilitate it. And then we we actually, I like to have someone also create a visual, Okay. Right? So the visual could be, all right, we're going to um, have X done by Y. Okay, here it is. It's Tuesday. What is it going to look like? What does it look like before that? And then we actually, sometimes they talk thermometers, where are we in relationship <laughs> to the goal, whatever. But we engage them. We give it to them. We don't do it for them, that's managing it. 
A manager right. would only draw the thing and tell, okay, you create the scorecard. You do this, you do that. And I'll give you a quick example. I, I was doing a, a training with a company. And one of the things that we talked about was um, everybody wants to feel seen, heard, and valued, right? right. So and, say that again much more slowly in case okay. somebody missed one or two of those okay. words. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Consider that every human being wants to feel seen, heard, and valued. Right. They do. This this particular company was a auto dealership. And COVID had just freed up where people could bring their cars in, where they hadn't been bringing them in. And this was the oil change area. Well, good news is they had a lot of people come in. The bad news is they had more than they thought they could handle. They had 50 cars show up. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right. So in the past, the uh, manager of the department would have to try to figure out how to do this, right? He had just heard me talk about talk to your people. They're in the trenches. So he said, all right, guys, because in the past, he would have said, you do this and you do that and you do this and you do that. And they would, aye, aye, sir. And they would have done all this, but they weren't engaged. Mm. Now, when he said, okay, I'm not necessarily the smartest guy in the room. You guys are dealing with this day in, day out. What are your suggestions? And they came up with a plan that was better than anything he could come up with. They handled it. They were included they were engaged they felt seen heard wow. and valued and the customers were served and he went wow this is easier than i thought i don't have to have all the answers right because it was if it is to be it's up to me this is why we pay you the big buck right oh i it's it's getting it handled versus I have to manage it. That's why the facilitating versus managing is a is a, a really great distinction. So I'm sure some of the listeners who they're still probably arguing with this, okay, in their of minds, course. if if not with each other, right? So what do we have to do? Like number one, we're gonna have to set aside the ego because too often we have spent not maybe a day or two thinking about this. We have spent weeks thinking about this. We have visualized it. We have done this. We have done that. Everything the books say to do. And then when we share our ideas with somebody, guess what? They're not engaged. They're not enrolled. They're not on on the same page or even wanting to be part of it. So what do you recommend for those people that you know, really have to be in control or in charge of something. Like what's one tip that they can do to help set that aside and be more open to these moments of brilliance that you're pointing to? Well, you start with small steps. Uh, you know, okay. this is a major overhaul for someone who is, I, I'm i used to doing it all by myself or command and control and telling them what to do. You start with small steps with, okay, here's, how I see resolve this. Now, I want to open it up for your feedback, you know, and be okay that they might come up with something different and don't, my, my key phrase, my key phrase over and over again is, there is, do not yeah, but. Mm, yes. And when, 
Because when you, yeah, but, so I just gave you a suggestion. And when you, yeah, but my suggestion, I feel not seen, not heard, not valued. In fact, I've already checked out and have left, even though I might be physically standing there or yeah. sitting there. Or or the worst, the other side of that is now you've engaged me to try to persuade you why what I'm saying is, no, 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 you don't understand. Let me explain my idea to you. If you understood <laughs> my perspective of this, this is, a, you know, this is relationships, this is marriage, this is it, everything. Right. So a yeah, but triggers two things. One is feeling made wrong. Yeah. Or I don't matter. And I think that's important, particularly for a lot of employees and teams and and people who are volunteering today, is they really don't feel that they matter. They don't really see the impact that their ideas or what they're doing and how that you know, is more than just one, the person that they're talking with. It, it's like, you know, you do one person and then they, they themselves then pay it forward either negatively or positively, right? As that moves forward. Right. I remember uh, doing a, co-leading a training for the uh, um, Grand Prix here in Detroit. Okay. And we were working with the, it was all volunteers. So we are working with the 150 people who are going to manage the thousands of people that are volunteers. Wow. Right? And and my, my partner came up with a real easy way to connect with people um, to see. And these are some people that keep coming back. So this is your team. This is your core team, right? And she created a candy bar. She took nine candy bars. For example, one of them was a fast break. Another one was a slow poke, right? And it was <laughs> it was to see the difference. And, and we, we gave them to each other at the table. And we said, you could pick two. And then you would talk to your partner. And you would look at their two and your two. But the key is, how does my candy bar work with your candy bar? It's not, oh my God, you are a slow poke and I'm a fast break. How are we ever going to make this work? So we don't have to fix it. We just need to be aware of it. And then the key question to ask is how does mine work with yours? Rather than try to make you more like mine or get you to do what I want you to do. I love that. that I love that analogy. Um, so let's go back a little bit because you said, well, then be open to others' ideas. But one of the problems that leaders and bosses and managers have today is that what their people will tell them is what they want to hear. Because, you know, job security today is important. Um, there are some strange things that happen where people get let go or sidelined, even though they're still on the payroll, because they weren't mimicking the boss's ideas. So if I'm one of those types of bosses, what would you say to me to help me become more open that, you know, in, in, because personally, in my experience, yeah, they're not going to do it the way you would do it, but usually the outcome or the result is actually better than 
it would have been otherwise. So what would be your recommendation? Well, a couple things. First, you asked me from what would I say to the boss? Um, first, I'd say, let's make it safe for them. Okay. So how we make it safe for them is say, okay, guys, I'm going to walk out of the room. And for the next five minutes, you guys brainstorm on this. Just like, how would we handle 50 cars? Right. And let's put some suggestions up on the flip chart. And then I come in and I start to look at these and, and we just start saying, okay, um, we've got six suggestions. Let's start to figure out. I'm, I'm not clear on this one, but not sit there and try to figure out, okay, that's Steve. I expect Steve to say something like that, <laughs> right? Or judging. You could be looking yeah, at the right. list and judging yes or no, as opposed to like you're pointing at is have a conversation, like five reasons or three reasons why this one would work. The same for that one. And yeah. pretty soon in the conversation, the moment of brilliance erupts. Well, right? not only that, here comes a brilliant idea. Okay, here's a brilliant idea over here. But someone else says, well, hang on. That's a great idea. But had you considered this will affect that. Ooh, I didn't see that. Thanks for bringing that up. But Excellent. now it becomes, it becomes, it's the collaborative idea. Now I get, you know, we talk about not having command and control leadership. There's a point and a time for command and control. The yes. building's on fire. Get the hell out. <laughs> no. this, isn't, this isn't time for those moments of brilliance, except yeah. in the moment of how do we get yeah. people out of here safely, right? Right. The problem is, I think most of us feel that we, especially if we're in charge, because I, I train a lot of new leaders and and there's a, a, they have their own feelings of imposter syndrome and am I really ready and, and so on and so forth. So it's about including, it's about feedback. And it doesn't mean, and, and if you set the stage with just because I'm hearing doesn't mean I'm going to agree, but I'm open to hearing. So there's, you have to kind of set some parameters so they feel comfortable. Right. And I learned right. this a long time ago when I was doing uh, a lot of public speaking, I used to stand up there and I would ask the room, right? For feedback. Well, there's some people that are, like me, willing to shout out answers. And there are other people who are not. Right. So a trainer I had said, make it safe and give them a couple of minutes to turn to the person next to them. And the two of them talk. Because I'm not saying an idea in front of 50 people. I'm saying it to one person. Right. And then often I would open it back up and say, so what bubbled up? Who has... Who heard something from your partner that you thought was a moment of brilliance that you would love to share, right? And then that person didn't have to say it. Someone else would say it. So it's just, it's all, those are all little nuances, but it's, it's a step. But it, it's, it's you know, but wouldn't you agree it's inside those nuances that they're seen, they're heard, heard they're valued. Because it's in the nuances that they say, I wasn't seen. I wasn't heard. I feel disrespected. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, I really love this conversation. And just to wrap up inside the community effort there, um, 
one of the things I've done when, and fill in here where you can is that um, we don't have, the, it's different in a community. Again, they're, they're not getting the paycheck from the same company, right? Um, they don't have the same boss or the same visions or mission statement. So what you might do is just say, you know, that's a great idea. Tell me more about that. Yeah. Yeah. So any other suggestions? There? Yeah, no, is to expand it versus that's a stupid idea. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've had people say that, though. That's really dumb, you know, because you're such and such. That's probably where it's coming from. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> well, here's here's the other piece I like people to consider is when someone gives you a suggestion, hear it as a contribution. Mm. And if you negate it if you yeah but it, I, I often say this because I run these teams all the time and I'll have 10 people and someone will say I'm struggling with this and someone will give them a suggestion and we say the only ground rule here is that there is no yeah but it. you don't have to follow the suggestion you don't have to take the contribution but don't slap the hand that just gave it because when you yeah but it you are shutting them down, as you said. So, yeah. And on that note, that was excellent, excellent advice. Thank you, Denise. I I always value having conversations with you because you like to cut through all the, the fluff and everything and get right down to making it simple and easy to understand. And anybody listening to this, you might want to listen again because Denise has given some really invaluable ideas. So to wrap up this session of the Entrepreneurial Leader, this is Jeanette Seibley. Until next time.